Sunday afternoon, and welcome to another episode of the Excalibros. That, that was the worst woo I've ever heard. I didn't want to woo too high. It's, it's Sunday night here, so I don't oh, want to wake too so. Sure. Yep. Well, you're segueing into our first book, Exiles, to all about children there. <laughs> yes, that's yes, an unwitting segue. So this week we're we're talking about Exiles number thirteen from nineteen or sorry, uh, <laughs> two thousand two. Uh, we're talking about Excalibur from nineteen eighty nine, and then we're going to wrap things up with uh, the most recent Exiles uh, came out in December. I want to say. Um, yes. Yeah, we're a little could, bit late on this one. Apologies. Could, but... you, could you imagine Exiles being written in nineteen eighty nine and Excalibur being Excalibur being the one that was two thousand and one? Could you even imagine how that would have 10 <laughs> mm. I think I want to see that alternate reality. Just oh, I would love to see Alan Davis drawing uh, this Exiles book. That would be fun. Well, it's basically just the top, you know, the cross type caper. Yeah, um, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what if he? So, um, Exiles number 13. Uh, what I have is uh, writer Jed Winnick and Mike McCone, cover artist Mike McCone. Penciler Jim Calafiore. Do you have any anything else in your collection that uh, maybe clarifies exactly who's on the art team here? Um, no, you basically hit um, everything apart from it. mine. Still says colorist is transparency digital. Okay. Good old transparency. Well, now that I'm looking at the, the other cover uh, image on Marvel Unlimited, and I've got Holdridge is also mentioned here somewhere. I'm not really sure who or what that is. Um, he's an inker. John Holdridge is one of the inkers. So it might be Eric Cannon and John Holdridge is as the inks for the issue, maybe? Oh, well, let's actually look at the first page and uh, pretend like we're not amateurs here. So it says, well, scri- scribe Judd Winnick, pencils Mike McCone, inks John Holdridge, colors, transparency, digital letters, Paul Tutrone. See, I, I, don't have any, I don't even have that box in my collection. It, does, it refuses to acknowledge, apart from at the beginning, it refuses to acknowledge um, creators exist on each issue. Cool. Well, I luckily, you know, Unlimited has it in some some part here. Uh, my, my favorite part of this cover, uh, if we're going to jump to the cover, is a, a pull quote that says, Exiles is my favorite book on the stands from Anit Cool News. Um, what? Wow. Do they still exist? Uh, I mean, I guess so. Well, like, because that was like 2000 yeah 2002 yeah they were massive they Where were they go? <laughs> like no one talks about them now nope no 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 one all. that quote is meaningless lost into time <laughs> but on, on our front cover we've got uh our our four main members of exiles for some reason uh the newest member is is you know unceremoniously left off the cover um, but uh, you want to describe this cover for us, Dan? Well, um, also Nocturne is missing. Oh, right, unless yeah. she's blending into the background. So we have like a stone wall background, a lot of dark inks. Kind of reminds me of Starman, um, the James Robertson uh, Starman colors. It's mainly because of the the, the jacket that um, uh, Mimic has. Mimic. Mimic is wearing, mm-hmm. which is kind of reminding me of the new X-Men age, yellow and black sure. uniforms. He's never, he's never worn that jacket, ever. Yeah. 
um, and he never will wear that jacket, but he's got it. And then, um, so you've got Mimic looking off to whatever's behind Morph angrily. Um, and we've got Morph who's looking down at the floor where Mimic's weed on the floor, maybe, because he looks quite sad and upset about whatever he's looking at. Um, then we've got Blink looking, looking at Mimic, probably because of his ridiculous goggles, which we'll talk about in a second. And then we have um, Sunfire ignoring everyone, lighting up the place, and just looking directly at us readers, being like, I'm a badass yeah. at all times. I mean, so that's basically As far as Exile's covers go, I kind of like this one. Um, I think the covers have been sort of the weakest point or uh, part of, of the series. But I, I kind of like, and maybe it's more the, the mimic stuff, the way they have the shadows going as he's in the foreground here and and uh, and Morph's sort of shadows on the on the right side of his face as well. It's not it's not a great cover, but you know compared to the other Excel's covers, I kind of like this one. Yeah, this one's actually quite. <clears throat> if they just um, I don't know got like a hacksaw and shaved off some of that um, just pure circle that is his goggles, like <laughs> made it seem like a goggle rather than a giant like red spot spot in his head. Yeah. Um, it would have really worked. So I think it, even the color of the goggles themselves kind of bounces off the rest. Mm-hmm. But I think it just needed to be a bit more streamlined rather than these weird giant bug eye things. Yeah. Because it really does, it does just draw my eye to it constantly. Because I don't have the Exiles logo, which possibly could be covering it. Uh, it um, no, it's behind his head, so. Damn it. But um, other than that, I actually quite like this. And it kind of keeps in tone with the, what's happening in the issue. Yeah, for sure. So... Yes. So, um, when we left our exiles last year, um, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New now. Year. Happy New Year, Georgie. Woo. Hope the holidays were awesome. They anyway. <laughs> They're over, and that's a good thing. I enjoyed them. But anyway, we've come to talk about books, not holidays. Um, so, when we left our, our Exiles. They had met up with the Weapon X team, which is their more lethal counterparts, and they found out that they had to go kill a little kid, um, David. Is it David Richards? Isn't yep, it? David yeah. Richards. There's always a Richards who's who's got something <laughs> happening in the future that might cause the whole world to explode. There's it's always a Richards. Um. So yeah, little they have to kill little Richard, um, little David Richard Richards. Well, they're there. I'll get there in the end, and um. So it's, they've got to a moral quandary of what to do, and we have a few panels of everyone looking very stern. Um, a really nice panel of like shadows and all all of the exiles and weapon X looking towards. Then we have like a flash to the future with David looking very innocent, while the sentinels that wear um, those nice little they look like knit, knitted hats. Yep, um, I love those. Kind of... And <clears throat> Winnick does a sort of good job of semi-recapping what's happened whilst um, setting the stage of why everything's going to go horribly wrong. Uh, We see that the future is going to be good old David going crazy and they're going to switch, uh, trade one murderous oppressor for another. Um, That's the reason the Talos wants him dead. And um, then we cut to the so but before we well, move on, yeah, no. let's, let's take a look at Davich's future costume here, because this is, looking at this again, this is really sort of interesting. I don't know if these are like metal bands 
that he is wrapped around sort of his arms and his body almost like an S&M kind of costume or if it's sort of the top part of like some suspenders and he's got some pants you know below screen but that's like a interesting costume design yeah it's kind of like um it reminds me of the, gladi- the gladiator costumes mm-hmm. from um the school world right right i feel like the two sticks are like pikes i feel like he's the kind of guy that puts his oh yeah his, um, and heads on pikes yeah um it's probably just because he was bullied at this present moment in time yeah. um it's I think it's an interesting concept. I think Winnick is getting better at telling us what we need to know without having too many narration boxes. I say that when there's one, two, three, four, five, like 12 on less than three panels. Um, but, um, mm-hmm. but I think he's getting better because um, nearly at the beginning, he, he was quite um, overwrought with a lot of his narration boxes. And now they're a bit more snappier, a bit more getting to the point. Not saying it's perfect, but it at least sets the scene. And um, then we have good old little David being picked on, or some he just what actually just just witnessing kids beating up each other, essentially. And uh, Daddy Sabretooth, the best Wolverine, um, jumps in, and is all like, "Stop, boys!" And then we have a moment where Clarice is about to tell Mimic what's about to happen, and Sabretooth tries to stop her. Because simply because Vision has super super hearing like like Sabretooth, and once right. she says it, that um, this is where the, the story decides to uh, kick into gear because Vision finds out that they have to kill the kid, tells uh, Deadpool, and that's where everything starts kicking off essentially. I, I like these panels mind. that we. I think it's it's oh. going to be sort of a theme throughout this issue, but it's a lot of storytelling, like visual storytelling, uh, without you know, over, uh, like, explaining what's happening. He's letting the visuals do the storytelling, which is kind of nice here. Yeah, I really do like the page, um, the image of uh, Mimic looking at Blink, like, full well knowing something's going wrong. And then I like the repetition of the ears. Yeah, exactly. Where, like, hearing and everything. So I just love Vision so much. He looks so angry and moody in his little, he watches everything, sees everything, hears all kind of picture i do i quite to be honest i think i think the um art throughout the issue is actually quite strong uh yeah there's some, there's some moments which um don't translate well but i think on the whole it's all good yeah um i yeah. do like the, the fact that they keep cutting heather out of the group shots because it's always usually just her legs and hands <laughs> um, but yeah so deadpool's all like let's get killed the kid and um not like obviously, obviously the exiles are like we can't kill, can't murder a child. There must be another way, and obviously the weapon X people are like yay murder, mm-hmm. and um, so Deadpool wants to do it, and we find out that Sabretooth has sort of stopped them from achieving their missions a few times, or tried to stop them, and like had them stranded in other places. Like he one mission where they had to kill Gambit, had to wait for ages because Sabretooth wouldn't let them, and um, Nocturne tries to jump in, but Sabretooth knocks her out. Because Sabretooth decides to, well, as it reads, it does sound like gibberish. But um, oh, oh yeah, it sounds totally like gibberish. <laughs> it's basically, it's basically giving a code, uh, Rabbit Hunt, which is a code to Blink from the Age of Apocalypse days, and everyone's like, "What the hell are you on about?" And 
Sabretooth wrestles with Deadpool, breaks his neck. The rest of the Weapon X are like, holy shit, let's get into gear. And then um, Clarice does the rabbit hunt, which is to teleport everyone away. And these um, action panels or the movement panels are really well done. Oh, yeah. Even if it, like, the background is just a, a stark blue, it does like him tackling Deadpool and then killing Deadpool with the expression on Deadpool's little eyes. Um, I quite like all of it, to be honest. And I like the teleportation panel um, as Blink teleports them further away from Vision. Yeah, I, I, I really feel, you know, not every page or every panel of this book, but the artwork here really feels like maybe some of the best uh, the book has done so far. Definitely. Yeah, I love these sort of like quick little snapshots. You can feel the momentum as Sabretooth sort of tackles Deadpool, breaks his neck, and Blink teleports everyone out of here. It, uh, I, I can, I can, you know, some, sometimes pages just feel like static images where whatever, it's just like a poster, but this feels like I can feel, like, feel the action happening. And I just sort of got the whole rabbit hunt thing because Blink's made like a billion little Blink portals, so they're not sure which one the, the Exiles actually went through. Uh, yeah, because rabbits really... have a, a ton of holes, so you'll never actually find them if you just start looking <clears throat> at the holes. But uh, yeah, these are some great pages, and I, I wanted to ask you after after they they blinked away, and then it shows our XL team with uh, Sabretooth sort of in the same pose, and then with different backgrounds behind them as they're sort of blinking through to different locations. What did you think of of those sort of four panels? Um, I thought like, well, the third one down, I was like, is that the sky? But, um, yeah. <laughs> like, but I thought it was like, it, they could have easily done a little bit more to like show the world state, but I thought it was okay for like a, a quick, it felt like the momentum blink, 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 because she's quite fast. Right. In what she, so it felt like they were doing the right thing and it, it moves, um, it may sort of. Because we, we've got a lot of wide. This is all, by the way, this is all widescreen panels, like wide, a widescreen grid selection, like um, like letterbox panels, essentially, mm-hmm. and very much of its time. I don't think we see much of this anymore. Um, oh. <laughs> and I think they work a lot in in this sequence. And sure. I didn't mind. I didn't mind the blinking at all. I thought it just added to the sort of pace of the story more than anything. And then it's because, like, the unfortunate thing is, I feel like even though I enjoyed the issue, it hits a fucking, it's it's a massive brick wall in one second yeah. as you turn the page. Yeah, like, slams the brakes on immediately, which I thought was a bit, um, a bit of a shame, but not without consequence, I suppose. Because who shows up? It's the time broker, of course. Yes, the collective consciousness of the exiles and Weapon X. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um. And he um, he just vomits exposition all over the place, like like if it was, like basically, it's like one your drunk friend that you just can't quite get home before he decides to vomit in the taxi. Yeah, and you just you just going home with that smell. It's like it's like Winnick was like, look, I'm gonna take all my dialogue and like just put it in two pages and let the art tell the story in the rest of the pages. Which, to be fair. As a strategy, actually paid off. Yes, I agree. <laughs> but this is this like this doesn't just slam the brakes on. You've hit the wall, and it's an impenetrable wall, and mm. you just crushed up against it. The the there was too much, and it's it's a lot of rehash. Mm-hmm. Almost like it's the second part of a story where they've already talked about constantly about like um right, what's this? 
what should we do? This is what we did in our things. And then you, you get hit the time broker saying stuff like, oh, well, they're more lethal than you. Well, yes, you've we've, we've seen that. Do yeah. we need you to tell us that? Um, like, they're willing to kill a child. I think that's enough. And like, I understand the time broker is there to sort of give them a goal. But the one thing I don't understand is, what is the Exile's actual mission? Because he says there's two missions. But I was like... Yeah, he I didn't... Thought... That, that confused him more than anything. Because... Yeah, you know, that would have been interesting more to 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 play a part, like to to play on. You know, I've got the exiles to do like more covert missions or something more humanitarian. But sometimes I need my ex, my weapon X team to do the dirty stuff. Like I understand why, like how you could justify that, and the juxtaposition between those two teams would be like kind of fun to play off. And that idea is like brought up for a second and then just like not explained. Yeah, because it's like, I've got this, because um, semi-spoilers for a little bit later, we may not always be reading about our XLT, we may end up reading about Weapon X. Um, but <clears throat> I thought that this would give it, even back then, I thought it gives it the sort of um, narrative um, vitality to live on, mm-hmm. to give it a lot more uh, legroom to tell stories. Right. Where, where like maybe one arc is about Weapon X and the other arc is about Exiles, or, or just have a break every so often and just have like the Weapon X team have a story, and it, it might flesh the sort of book out and let the book you know breathe a bit more. Um, but he literally is just like you've both got a mission, and that's it. <laughs> bye bye. You just yeah, gotta deal it, with it's it. nothing we didn't already know, really. Yeah. And- the only thing we don't get to actually find out is what the Exiles mission was to begin with, because the Talus has literally told both of them that they have to kill the child. Right. And it's not as if this is the first time the Exiles' Talus has told them to kill someone. Yeah, my, my biggest criticism story-wise is we've sort of had the you need to kill this person to finish the mission missions before. So I... It would been, I think it would have been infinitely more interesting, like you said, if he just turned around and went, well, actually, now that you've um, freed the kid, your mission is done. Right. But the X Force or Weapon X's mission is just beginning because they need to take but him we, out. Yeah, but because because you've taken him, I'm punishing you. Right. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed. Those oh. would have been more interesting for sure. But yeah, it's a it's it's, it's walls of dialogue, and we go back to the McCone that I'm not truly sold on the half formed. Uh, I think it's Heather's turning back into a human form. Doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I no, feel no, like definitely not. Yeah, some of the close-ups are alright, but <clears throat> the anime background for the Time Broker at one point just makes no sense. Like the the lines, the yeah, white going. Yeah. Um, but it just it's all just blue. It's a lot of dark blue and just stop still. And all the dynamic sort of fun ends with that. Like the next panel, like the uh, the first panel of the next page, we go back into because that's these are traditional comic book layouts. Let's be fair. Oh yeah. The time, and we go straight back into like sort of envelope, wide screen, full on action. We have the time broker warping away in a weird way, and then we've got like um, Morph with his visor checking out the new recruit that the Weapon X have got since Deadpool have died, which is like a what does he call him? Iron Man on steroids. Um, he is. He is like a '90s Iron Man, if ever I've seen one. Yeah, <laughs> his body is contorting in all kinds of odd ways. 
Yeah, at first I actually thought it was the Heroes Reborn Iron Man, you know, the one that was made by... Right, um, right. But I was like, this is this is too much. Yeah. Um, and so the the plan is that Sabretooth says to Blink, you're, you're the best at getting the kids out of here. You get the kids, we'll hold them off. Um, and so we have our exiles all raring to go to um, defend the children. Morph as a boxer is awesome. I also, for a second, on the next panel down um i generally didn't realize morph was there for about about a minute until i realized he's turned into like a space shuttle yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like where's morph who's holding that giant gun oh wait is that Morph? <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah he's just um, a space missile for whatever reason it's it's one of the joys i have for this book I, I love when um they they play around with with, with his transformations here yeah, and I love that they do the thing that you don't like where uh, characters move and they haven't got legs, but they've got like uh, streams coming off them instead. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to denote speed, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how um, Nocturne's powers work anymore. Um, I don't think I've ever known how they work, but apparently she can move with them. So sure. that's a fair fair thing. And Heather's sort of shrunk, weirdly. Because the, the, the thing with this panel is it's a good action panel per se, but the, the sort of like staging proportions of everyone is weird. Yeah, for sure. Like, like, where are they in relation to each other? Why is it's, it's why really is hard someone, to tell? Yeah. Why is someone who's usually ginormous <laughs> is like the same size as someone else? But anyway, um, we'll be talking about random panel layouts very soon. And so, as we get a exiles into the fray image, we have a. Weapon X into the frame, image, which I'd say is still just as weird. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't get those poses at all. Then I really like this image of um, Mimic doing a fast, his own fastball special. Yeah, but it's it's kind of unassisted. He's just he he flew himself, and then he just decided to go into a ball. So it's like a one man fastball special. I love it. Using North Star speed, you didn't even need to explain it, and we knew what it was. That's the thing that I like mm-hmm. visually about it. Oh, yeah. He's used North Star speed and turns into steel and then just basically floors She Hulk. Um, Then we have random speaky goddess Storm fighting Sunfire. And I I, I don't understand what she's doing here. Can can America, like, summon fire from the earth? I don't, I don't. This is the fight that's most confusing to me. I'm not really certain what the powers are doing or how they're using them or who's being hit uh, here. Because is, is she's Marco's kind of deflecting lightning from Storm and then summoning a volcano to shoot Storm out into the sky? Is that what's happening? I feel that's what she's done, but it makes no... I thought she was nuclear... I don't know. Because she even says she's nuclear fire, so I don't... Hmm. No, it, their their whole fight makes no sense to me. There's there's another yeah. layout uh, in another page or so that just blew my mind because I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. It actually looks like America is firing her fire from the back, her actual back. Yeah. If you so, it's kind of I suppose you could do that. But anyway, um, we're getting so they're the these are the team ups to begin with. Um, or who's fighting who? Then we have Nocturne fighting Spider, but Spider is just too good. Oh, Nocturne's not allowed to fight? I don't really understand. Nocturne She's not really, really featured in this issue at all. <clears throat> yeah, she never really gets to do much, does she? No. Um, 
so she gets she gets laid out pretty much immediately. Um, She-Hulk throws Mimic away, but is then jumped on by Sasquatch, which is kind of kind of kind of the one you want to watch, isn't it? The two big guys having a oh for sure. But then Iron Man jump. Well, weird disco Iron Man jumps and fires some sort of. But I assume that's supposed to be a laser, but it looks like liquid. Yeah. Um, the way and the way it's coloured, and then um. Vision and Morph fight, and I quite liked this for five seconds until it was over. Yeah, yeah. Like, so quickly. So I thought it might have been a bigger sort of fight between them. Because um, Vision does the classic Vision thing of putting his hand through them to try and knock them out or whatever. Obviously, this one would try and kill him. And because um, of Morph's biology, that's not going to work. But then he just blasts him with his eye beams, and that's it. It's done. Yeah, it's uh, a fight that could have had a lot of potential here with the way that their their bodies and powers work, but it's it's disappointingly over in four panels. Yes, and then Spider basically um, has a nice little well, no, just has a simple fight, one exchange of fists with Sabretooth, before he's also blasted off by Cal. But like even Cal's eye beams, which used to literally be a beam, look like volcano, volcanic lava. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it, who did that. To be honest, if <laughs> who shot that, I was like, was that Mariko? Was that you know who who, assumed, who did that? I assumed it's um, it's 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 Cal, but like no, no, no. yeah, yeah, but it, like just that one panel on its own, you can't tell whose power that is. And so, um. We get four panels, which are probably the maybe my most my favorite out of the fight, which is Shield um, gut kicking Sasquatch, and then Mimic grabbing hold of Iron Man, then Shield punching Sasquatch quite violently, and then the um, looks like the slash of um, Mimic's claws perhaps on Iron Man's face. Yeah, it's just the struggle of combat. You can feel like the the intensity of it. Um, yeah, it's a good it's a good uh, four panels there. And like you know, with the struggle, Iron Man blasts Calvin up, and then we have the the panels that George doesn't understand. I which... don't get what's happening here. These four panels: we've got Storm with her her hands up in front of her to sort of block her. Then someone is being disintegrated, uh, <laughs> and then we see Mariko's firing up her her fists, and then shoots Storm. And I'm not who is this person in the second panel? Is that supposed to be Mariko? I think she's supposed to be in a hurricane. What? Because it looks like scratches like a wind, like wind. Does that like, make sense? Uh, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I my, only, my only question storm. is the, the panel before storm is like, no, not me, don't hit me. Is... Yeah, she does look like she's gonna get her ass kicked, and then maybe it's a hallucination. Maybe storm's hallucinating. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this is the part where. I couldn't tell who was being hit by what, and then suddenly Storm was taken out. But then uh, I'm like, um, Mariko um, doesn't have arms like that, does she? Like, they're yellow. Her little glove things are yellow, not blue. But anyway, um, it, it must be Mariko. And then she fires like a halo at her from below her when Storm was on the ground. Before. Yeah, and those panels make no visual sense. There you go. Right. I agree completely. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Then we move to like uh, Nocturne and Morph trying to fight Vision and Vision's just too powerful because he's Vision. And then Vision is stopped in his I'm evil monologuing 
by Nimrod Sentinels? Yeah, I'm not really um, certain. He's just like disintegrated, kind of. Yeah, he's sort of yeah. He's just either disintegrated or heavily damaged, and then um, Morph turns into a chicken, and um, an Ard- It looks like Ardman Chicken from the Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And which is kind of cool. And they're like, we need to leave because these things are like going to trashes. And so um, I do love that. Mimic's just using this sort of fastball special to just rip open Sentinels. Oh, yeah. Now, because, like, there's no real sense of how big they are until Mimic literally physically goes through them and they seem to be massive. Yeah, yeah. And if you're looking at the page before, you'd think they were just, you know, the size of everybody else. And it looks like, and then Blink basically saves the day and teleports everyone back, and the Exiles bring the what's left of Weapon X with them. And then they're in a forest, and everyone's happy. Well, not happy. Everyone's just met, tending to the uh, wounded. And I do like that Morph's just sat on Iron Man and refuses to press his reset button. Um, oh, I thought yeah. that was quite. <laughs> like, yeah, he's yeah. like, "Shut up, or I'll let the kids spit in your eye holes again." <laughs> and um, this is where we find out that uh, we have a really nice moment between uh, Blink and Sabretooth, and we find out that Sabretooth's decision is to stay with the child. And to raise him right, uh, which somehow loopholes that is the loophole in the whole thing, and so they everyone moves forward essentially. But it's a nice, uh, I mean, I don't know these are like eight eight panels or whatever, but basically two pages of Clarice and Sarah just talking it out and sort of pining that they could be a family again. Uh, and and Sabretooth's like, look, this might keep me here for a while, but I'll find you again. I'll find you somehow. And, and it's really kind of touching. It's uh, it really made the issue for me. Yeah, it doesn't. It's a strong ending to it, to be fair. And it's nice that they found a resolution that wasn't just kill the child. Um, which is always a pleasant surprise with this book, right? To be honest. <laughs> um, but on a whole, on the whole, as like a little action book with a bit of um, drama and a little moral question, I think it really succeeded in being entertaining. Yeah, and having a really nice send off. Um, I agree. With like the idea that maybe we see, maybe we see Sabretooth again, maybe we never will. Who knows? Um, which is which is nice, and it was nice to have some closure for um, for Blink on the whole idea and yeah. the concept of it. And hopefully, moving forward, we can learn. We can like Nocturne might actually speak. That'd or, be good. Uh, or something. Maybe Sasquatch could have a... Did she even have one uh, line of dialogue in this book? I'm not certain. Yeah, she says she's going to enjoy beating up She-Hulk because she, um, She-Hulk crippled Doctor Strange. And oh, right, right, died. right. That was basically all she said, but yeah. yeah. Really violent. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a strong ending to the, the whole mm-hmm. idea. And I think like the Weapon X team's still out there and there's all this possibility... So, no, it's good. yeah. I think they play on the same idea that they've they've used before. Like you have to kill this person and move on with the mission, but they do it in a slightly different different way. There's some nice little character moments. The the ending with Clarice and Sabretooth is is really nice. Some some sort of standout artwork from the book as well. So you know, all in all, I'm, I'm quite positive on uh, on this issue. Um, 
yeah, I was happy. I was happy after I got done reading this, and it does sort of mirror what we'll be reading in the other Exiles book as well. Yes, which is weird, mm-hmm. but in a good way. Yeah, no, this is this is a good issue. Agreed. So, moving on from a confrontation of two teams to uh, the beginning of a saga, essentially. <laughs> it is the beginning of a saga. So, uh, we're moving on to Excalibur number 12 from 1989, and it's the start of the Cross Time Caper, which is part one of nine, which, wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, on, uh, on Jason's podcast, we're covering an uncanny book that has 10 issues, but it's a weekly thing. But you imagine if that uncanny book was going on by monthly, that like almost a whole year of just that one storyline, that would be crazy. There's a reason it's it's monthly. It wouldn't have sustained its sales if it was. And the reason it's weekly because it would never have sustained its momentum or no. sales if it was monthly. <laughs> it died. And if only it did. So, uh, moving on to Excalibur, though. Uh, <laughs> on the cover, we've got our, our team, and they're in sort of like a, a fantasy world here. We've got Kitty and Lockheed sort of on the ground as a knight is charging at them, and uh, the rest of the Excalibur team in the background with uh, Kurt being like, uh-oh, this is going to be trouble. So what do, you, what do you think of this cover? I am a fan, but not a fan. Um, it's really hard to say, because like, it's, it's, um, it's Alan Davis, isn't it, who did the cover as well. Um, and my, my, my problem is with the color work, yeah. more than anything. I think who's um, the colorist on this is this issue. I don't think it's um, who we usually have. No, no, I just have to, I have to get to the actual bit that says where it is. Uh, and that is Glennis. No, Oliver. No, 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 yeah. no. So, um, writer is Alan Davis. Penciler is Paul Neri. Inker is Glennis Oliver. But the colorist is Tom Orzechowski. Oh, uh, right. Yes, I'm reading it totally the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a little confusing how they've they've got it it pasted. So someone who. Normally, he's doing colors. He's only doing inking now. And uh, Orzechowski, who is uh, an editor right now at Marvel, a senior editor, maybe. I think so. He's... I think you've got you've actually got it the wrong way because it starts with Chris Claremont. underneath Stanley. It says Chris Claremont, then it says right underneath oh, him. Oh, maybe I do have it the wrong way then. Okay, so Glennis so Oliver is the colorist. It's huh. so weird. It's so weirdly put together, though, that you wouldn't even. I only just noticed Chris Claremont's name was on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, all right. I think there's. I don't know if this is the like some of the imagery is interesting. I really like Lockheed and the whole um, Kitty on the floor in the night, but like the background, like the yeah, it's the other, background, yeah, yeah. All the Excalibur characters look really odd, like it was just bashed out. Um, I don't understand why Phoenix is now pinky purple, and like the color work is just it's just not really that well. Done it almost all. looks like the, the foreground was one image, and they had something else in the background. They had to scrap and replace uh, quickly. Yeah. Hence why some of the grasses randomly are darker color than the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like, uh-oh, wait a second. We can't have this. Let's change it to that. I mean, Captain Britain's uniform is red here. Uh, Phoenix is kind of pinky. It's It's odd. And also, this knight has blonde hair, and in the book, he's uh, very, very black hair. So, I don't. Maybe this 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 cover was made, you know, well before the actual insides. So there's these inconsistencies. But um, yeah, I'm I'm okay with the cover. It's all right. It's not going to end the world. It's just it's just it's just not the strongest. No. Um. So, yes. 
Uh, we're starting off uh, in uh, sort of a fantasy land where we've got this young knight on a horse uh, with all these fairies, uh, naked little fairies picking berries. Yep, uh, that rhymed. I don't, yep. Um, <laughs> that was odd. Anyway, uh, he's, he's sort of riding through the forest and he's talking about how he's on a mission, but then we also notice that he's got a Walkman on. And we find out that he it's, it's still the 21st century where he is, but it's also a 21st century that with knights and ogres and goblins and wizards. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so as he's riding along on his horse and snippety-snapping his fingers, which I love this panel, he's like singing or whistling to the song and snapping while he's holding the reins of the horse. It is lovely. I love the fact that he's got a, a, a watch Added to his armor. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah these um, little, little pieces. Yeah, um, I, just, when... I, just, I generally just love love all like it's such a weird sort of scenario, and I just love the oh, yeah. um, little pixies or fairies just in the on the grass, um, it's clippy clopping around. Yeah, um, it just feels like a nice return to form that it we does. have Alan Davis. Back. It does, um, and the colors are working. Inside the book, the colors are working perfectly. Yeah, much better. It's, it's really, you know, bright and vibrant as well. Um, which which suddenly... is, yeah, which is Go ahead. makes sense. Yeah, which I said it makes sense with the with the fact that the realm's supposed to be the sweetest smelling or something. Oh right, right. right. <laughs> Whatever so Claremont says it is. He's attacked and suddenly attacked, and he's, he screams out crumbs because that's what I assume British people scream out when they're attacked, um, and. The train that the uh, Excalibur crew was riding in sort of blasts in from our dimension, and he's like all all sort of spazzing out about it. Um, and he rides over to see what happened, and uh, he sees that Kitty's on the ground, sort of face through, half face through a tree, with Lockheed sort of uh, a word expression over her, trying to like take care of her. And this wonderful knight decides that hey, I've I've been sent out to perform nightly missions so that I can have my crown and what do you know it a damsel in distress and a dragon attacking so I must defeat this dragon and he charges at Lockheed who you know decides he's just gonna whoop on <laughs> this poor little dude like so easily like right away flume fire right in his face and knocks him off his horse um, okay. before you get too far ahead can yeah. you just because um, the last issue was a finanize wasn't it um, yeah. if yeah. I remember and this is why um sort of I, Excalibur like lives or dies on Alan Davis's ability, it would mm-hmm. seem. Yeah. Because the train panel is just amazing. Like just just in the the sheer sort of momentum of it all and the colour work is really well done and the Phoenix sort of like it's almost like the Phoenix is flying it through through its portal. Right. And I just love like the reaction of the horse, in fact, to, to the whole sort of what's happening and i do the panel where he um gets his sort of uh what do you call something that turn telescopic his telescopic sword popping out oh yeah or lance sorry. and um the panel where lockheed um puts his little hands on the horse it's his head and uh blasts him off his saddle is just such a great panel is generally is one of my favorite panels so far oh yeah I love the color work on that on that panel as well. Like the the fire is really like lighting everything up here. Yes. So and the the use of 
Blue Shadow is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. We realize that Lockheed has burned this this kid's tabard. Uh, I'm not really certain what a tabard is. Was that he's calling the shield a tabard? What's a tabard? I don't, see, I thought like because I was like, is a tabard like his his um the cloth that he has over his armor? I that was what called it a is? doublet, or was that is that something else? Maybe we should Google it, but um, cause he doesn't have a shield. He shouldn't have shield, and a, like scabbard is what he puts the sword in. Mm. So, like, I was like, "What has he burned?" Because nothing yeah. looks burned. No, no, no. Anyway, he's he's upset. He goes to pull out his sword, but it's really too big for him. And we get sort of a a panel of Lockheed looking into the camera, like, "Look at get a load of this kid," <laughs> which I love that they they break the the fourth wall here a little bit. Um, and we got the Pixies checking out the, the train, like wondering what's happened until uh, our wonderful Captain Brian Braddock busts out through the door. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Phoenix is barely sort of like holding herself together because it was such a strain to to shepherd the train through that portal into this other universe. Um, so she's sort of distraught, but then we realize that Megan has sort of found her home. I'm not sure if we get more into this later in the series or not, but she's sort of a, a fairy. And so maybe this really is her home world. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll get into it a little bit later. And then we cut back to our young knight who goes to take on Lockheed and misses with a, a number of swings. Uh, until... <laughs> I love Lockheed. He's just, he's just smoking, literally. Yeah. Um, and to, and to let you know, the tabard is his is his cloth. It's a sleeveless um, jerkin consisting of only a front and back with a hole in the head, which is what he's got on. All right. So it's his cloth. It's his cloth thing. Well, it, it doesn't look very ruined to me. Nope, it has no fire damage <laughs> um, <laughs> at all. So then we get another but, panel of Lockheed shooting fire, uh, which is another panel of great great colors here. And the knight feels like Lockheed may have missed, but he didn't because Lockheed was aiming for a branch and it falls down on this little twerp. Um, and and he's I, happy with himself. Go ahead. So, I, I just love how um, emotive and like sort of mm-hmm. how it's drawn so well. Like Lockheed is like the perfect mascot for the team, mm-hmm. essentially. And he's, he's also utterly powerful <laughs> randomly as well. And I like the fact that he, it looks like he spits his fire. Oh yeah, um, out of his mouth. Oh yeah, as opposed to randomly, he just spits it in like little lines. But yeah, him looking so unbelievably satisfied. Oh yeah, afterward is so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we cut back to uh, Brighton in good old England, and who do we have but the merchant banker Nigel Frobisher? Who this is the guy that is under uh, what's your name's heel, correct? Sort of. Uh, yeah, Crawling. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's got a secret briefcase uh, that he's he's trying to take somewhere until he's attacked by uh, these wonderful people from issue. What issue was that? Issue three, maybe. Issue they turn up in issue one. I think. Is it issue the te- one? The technet. The technet. Right, right, yes. right. Um, and we sort of get introduced to all these characters as he's explaining who they are again, sort of to himself, which was kind of nice to have a little refresher. Uh, it didn't feel like like the wording here is over 
over explaining what we've already had previously. So I, I kind of like the dialogue here as uh, he's yeah, always... I, go ahead. I loved, I loved his actions. Like I love using the umbrella as a weapon on, on that, the first one where he just like in, makes his stretchy head just become like an umbrella shape as he opens it inside its mouth. Yep. And then he runs into this, the giant baby who, <laughs> who reads, reads his mind and decides, well, you want to be like Captain Britain. And like your boss, so I'll make you equal parts of the same, and turns <laughs> him into this crazy half, half Superman, half supermodel creature. Which is just amazing. Yeah, that panel is just fantastic. Yeah, it is. I mean, at least the whole. I mean, <laughs> the artwork here. It's you mentioned it earlier, but it's so nice to have Alan Davis back on this book. It really is. Mm-hmm. I just love the fact it's saying booty. I don't even know what it means, but like it's just terrifying. The terrifying fat child's chasing him, and mm. basically, <laughs> oh bless his soul. And then uh, Frobisher is captured by China Doll, who sort of distorts him. And uh... nope, nope, that's someone else that must distort him. She uh, shrinks him down, right? And the, the thing that looks like a giant nose, waxworks, turns him into like rubber. Yeah. And they go crashing into a meeting between uh, the gatekeeper and the city council because the city council, this is another weird thing where she's just going through negotiations with the city so that they have like a base. It's it's so amazing. (laughs) Like just the idea of that. She's just having teas, John. Like this this interdimensional being shows up. She's like, hey, uh, I want to negotiate with your city council so I can build... You know, build a condominium is, is kind of what it feels like. <laughs> and they just throw it off off shit and he's like random merged state rubber form in front of her. <laughs> I just love the fact she's like, there's nothing to see here, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then we cut back to our Excalibur crew with uh, the knight sort of coming to and seeing Kitty and he's he's instantly smitten with her. And Alan Davis knows how to draw, uh, like a, a pretty kitty face. Uh, she looks, yeah. yeah. I mean, if I woke up and that was what I saw, I'd be smitten as well. Um, and she doesn't look quite, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen-ish uh, in this book. I think, but not not that she's overly sexualized. She just has more of a grown-up face going on. Yeah. Uh, but there's some sort of confusion here. Uh, we we realize that uh, this knight has has things he has to do. He sees Captain Britain, who he takes for uh, Captain Marshall, and we're gonna sort of this will be sort of an ongoing story with Captain Britain and, and his old time caper here. Uh, yeah, we realize that this knight's name is William. He's the heir to the throne, but his chumps call him Billy the Kid, and some awful person gave him the worst haircut ever. <laughs> I don't know what like, how it's um, supposed to be. Like a little ball, you know, I suppose. Yeah. But I, I love... Like, there's all this craziness happening on the page. And I think Alan Davis is great at craziness. Yeah, he's... There's a lot of, like, energy. The, the panel of, like, Lockheed putting his little fists up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really lovely to see. And everyone's so well-defined at all yes. times. Yes, yes. Like, we'll see on the next page, the facial expressions of Nightcrawler and Captain Britain as they're talking to Billy the Kid. Like, I've never seen Captain Britain smile in a way that 
looks like genuinely happy and pleased and not like I'm so great. Look at me smile at myself because I'm so pretty. It's he's actually like in the moment enjoying himself. So that was kind of nice. I just live in the top corner of the third panel. Um, that Lockheed's still just glaring at him. Oh yeah, <laughs> so much hatred, and with a little like um, spark of like um, I'd say it's like hot pink color around yeah, his head. Yeah. <laughs> it adds the whole. I just and also this is where we find out that. That Billy is really smitten with uh, Kitty. Yeah, super um, smitten. Yeah, but look out because is the Dazzler here? No, it's just Megan, who's shining like a star here uh, with all the little pixies around her, and she's kind of home. Um, I kind of want a, a book that's just like Megan in this this world for a while. Yeah, it's like because um, because is it? Yeah, Billy says that they found their lost princess. Mm-hmm. And it makes and sense. Kat, yeah, both Cap and Kurt don't look too happy about the idea of losing her. No. <laughs> um. So jumping from one love triangle to another, we uh, go inside the uh, the crazy train here with Alistair Stewart is looking at our little metal uh, gizmo guy. And Kitty can't do anything but just stare at him. And then Alistair starts staring at Phoenix and it's sort of like a parallel uh, positioning of of them being smitten with two people but not seeing what what's happening on the other end. So it's kind of a, a nice page and you know Claremont Kitty's loves so, his, his love triangles. And he's Claremont is so, Claremont. Kitty is so bitter. Oh yeah. So bitter. <laughs> but, but anyway. But look out because they are attacked by is it a hurricane? No. It's a a shaitan which yeah. uh I mean, maybe that's a real word. I just felt like they weren't able to say Satan, so they said Shaitan instead. I, I mean, I didn't look this up, but it's just how it felt. No. But they're attacked by this giant red sort of parasite who uh, rips open the train and pulls uh, the three members of Excalibur out. And this these, this page is like bathed in pink and red darkness as this demon is attacking. And I, I really kind of like the uh, the feeling the colors portray here in this page. Yeah, it's like nightmare fuel. Like it's literally yeah. just comes itself out of some hell dimension just to kidnap people. <laughs> it's great. And uh, Phoenix is able to escape. Uh, Kitty can't quite phase through, but she is able to phase Alistair, who Kitty drops, and uh, Phoenix is able to catch. And then Phoenix is like, "Sorry, I couldn't save Kitty." And weirdly, Brian's like, "Don't worry about it. It was her decision to stay with that weird thing anyway." And I'm like, "What the heck are you talking about?" And why are you just like watching this happen and petting a horse? What are you doing? <laughs> I just love the fact that one thing I do like, though, um, talking about the color work, is that um, Rachel's fire, which is a bright sort of white, mm-hmm. uh, pure white, yellow highlight, is a really good contrast to the fire that the demon yeah. sort of brings forth. But I do love the fact that <laughs> Brian's just petting a horse um, <laughs> while all of this is happening. <laughs> like he could have helped, but no. Um, not at all. Nope. So, uh... <laughs> just as I just can't stop the fact that he just blames her for everything that's happened and doesn't even bother to help. No, it's like, don't Kitty decided she wanted to be kidnapped. No big deal. It's like, I don't get it. When people are like, why do you like Captain Vina? I'm like, because of Excalibur. And this is the reason, because he's a moron. Yes. He's an idiot. Yes. Absolute twat. And that's why he's kind of like, 
weirdly endearing. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to hate him. But then when he does, does stuff heroic, you'd be like, yeah, go for it. Good for you, bro. You finally got off your ass and done something. Yeah. <laughs> so they want to they track Kitty. Um, but luckily the Pixies uh, know where Kitty was taken. And so they're going to lead Megan and Excalibur to, to where Kitty is. And we cut to some castle in, in a bog. And Shaitan has dropped Kitty off into this, this giant jar. And next to her, in a separate jar, is a princess. And they've been, uh, they realized that this Shaitan wasn't uh, the mastermind behind this. It was sort of like a, a dog who sent out to, to get a stick. Uh, but the mastermind is this ogre who is dressed amazingly. He's got like his leather vest that doesn't really cover him at all. Uh, underneath it is a white t-shirt that says Butch. And then he's got like these tidy speedo like like pants with this giant belt uh, with like bolts all on the buckle. It's like he's it's amazing here. He's like a he's like a bear in a in a, in a fetish gay club. Yeah, um, it's wonderful. Smoking a cigar and it is yeah. the most fantastic. I want him to be in. I I generally look at him and go, he should be in the book full time. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I get some panels here of the the princess being like, "Look, Anita, you don't happen to be a prince, are you? Or know a prince who can save me? I need to be saved by a prince." And it's, I know it's playing to like the tropes of uh, of like a fairy story, but it's kind of odd uh, to read this now. Um, and yeah. uh, the, the ogre's like, "No, one'll ever find me. My my castle is impregnable." And then boom, who would show up but our favorite Captain Britain? And he's like, "Hey, where's Kitty? I'm here to save him." And the ogre just like. Punches him right out, right out of the castle. Like you ain't nothing. Like thanks, thanks for coming to save me, Cap. Oh, you screwed up. Of course you did, because you always do. And the ogre is so happy with himself. <laughs> like the panel of him grinning with the cigar still in his mouth. Like oh, I love being a villain. It's it's great. Can we can we just can we just rewind to the fact that the reason he got punched, sucker punched is because the ogre is is more intelligent than Brian. Yeah. <laughs> and lies to his face about like, playing on the fact that he's stereotyping him. Brian's stereotyping him as an ogre. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Phoenix... I do love that panel. Of, yeah. Panel of, uh, like sort of super happy with himself, and the Phoenix about to like bash his face in. Because she really is the one that does everything for the team. <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. She's the, she's like the four of, of yeah. the Excalibur. So she comes in. Uh, Knocks the ogre out, but then she's like wrapped up by a swamp monster and uh, try, is, is, spends the rest of the issue trying to escape from a, a swamp parasite. Um, we cut back to the ogre who landed where Brian was. They, they they duke it out a little bit, and it's kind of a panel where Cap redeems himself a little bit. And there's a little bit of humor here where he's like, you know, there's rules to fighting. Men did not use feet. And he, like, kicks the ogre in the stomach or elbows and elbows the ogre in the, the face or knees and knees the guy in the, the nose. And, you know, at all, all times you must fight fair and slams this guy into the ground. It's a, it's a fun page. You're like, hey, you know what? Captain Britain ain't so bad after all. Exactly. And it's nice to see him do use his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I just can't get over how beautifully... Uh, rendered the two images of Rachel in the bog are like her coming out of the oh. out of the bog. Well, yeah, they just got like absolutely gorgeous, and the, the panels with Brian where he's just tearing the guy apart 
just the amazing essentially yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alan Davis you were sorely missed um, yes then we see that Kurt has used his, his teleport powers to bring Billy the Kid into the castle which didn't phase Billy at all but Kurt is like almost dead from it um, <laughs> and then idiot Billy is like I I'll save you, you princesses, and just slashes the jars that these princesses are in, which could, you know, if you ever break a window and it falls on someone, that could potentially kill them because glass will just like slice right through you. So he's basically trying to kill all these <laughs> these two helpless women, um, and then the glass comes to life, and uh, Billy the Kid uses his sword to defend uh, the princess from this glass monster. It's just like uh, it, what's what's kind of amazing and sort of looking at this retroactively is how like gung ho and unthinking the men in this book are and just like bust through things, but it's the women who have to like clean up after them and actually protect everybody constantly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean Kurt aside, Kurt doesn't really feel that way, but uh, Captain Britain and a lot of the other men that sort of show up for. Uh, uh, an issue or two, or just like, let me bust through the wall and not worry about the consequences. But luckily, Phoenix is able to escape uh, barely from the Swamp Monster in some wonderfully, like, epic and bright uh, panels here. Yeah, they are gorgeous. And also the idea that um, she might be afraid of Megan for some reason. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting side note. But yes. The, the panel where she just full-on lights up the castle is um, beautiful. I, I don't know. Alan Davis is really, like, his visual for the Phoenix Force has always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, hands down. Yeah. It feels very alive. Yes, very much so. I really like the next panel as well with, like, the team sort of um, with <laughs> Kitty's instant air conditioning Excalibur style. Um, yeah, because the the castle's been wrecked to hell. There are just holes all over the place. I just I just like it. I think it's a really nice panel of like um, Brian bringing the ogre, Megan and um, Rachel on one side coming in, and everyone's just there. It's just a really even though it's like they're not super defined. Mm-hmm. The characters are themselves. The background yes. looks great. Everything right. just looks like a really cool sort of. You could just see this emotion almost mm-hmm. as you go forward. And of course, so, yeah. the, the idiot Brian decides he's going to slam this ogre down on this castle that's standing on its last leg. And uh, <laughs> they're like, Brian, you idiot, don't. And he slams it down and the castle comes down with a giant crash, of course. And uh, cool. they're like, oh, never mind, you idiot. Uh, luckily, Phoenix here was here again <laughs> to save us from dying. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for Phoenix, we would be dead. She's like literally, she's the literal Deus Ex Machina, yep. which I feel like is almost like a joke, like a, a slight, not a joke, but like a purposeful decision. Mm-hmm. Often yeah. in the, in the stories, it's like, uh, well, Rachel will help us. And then uh, <laughs> the final uh, couple of panels here, we see uh, everyone's safe. Brian is like hands crossed, looking down at his handiwork, like I did a good thing. <laughs> I can't believe he's like, yes, today was a good day. I was amazing. <laughs> uh, Kurt's still sort of hurt from all the teleporting. Megan comes up to see him and sort of instantly transforms into like a female nightcrawler as she's done before. And you're like, yeah, this would have been the relationship we were hoping for. Um, 
except that Brian is in the background looking all upset, like Negan, the woman who is bound to me, but I give no thoughts to unless she looks at someone else. How could she? Uh, so this love triangle continues, and we see the princess is smitten with uh, her knight, is ready to sort of like, you know, get married and become a queen. But twist, uh, Billy the Kid proposes to Kitty and wants to make her queen of the realm. Uh, to be continued next in The Marriage of True Minds. Uh, and I love that the, this, this last panel, as uh, Billy the Kid is proposing, half, well, not half, everyone else has question mark speech bubbles coming out. <laughs> it's quite fun. Yeah, um, yeah as, as, as a first issue in the Cost Time Caper, um, I think it sets the stage really well for like all of what's about to happen, um, sort of thing. Um, it's it's really fast, like the whole issue is really fast paced, but not in a way where you'd be like, oh my god, I can't keep up. Um, the character moments really are working well, and it even manages to like cross to Brighton to show us the tech net like buying real estate. It's um. It's, it's, it's really well put together and with Alan Davis and uh, Glennis Oliver on as the art team um, and Paul Neary um, it just, it's just a beautiful looking book yep. it really is it's gorgeous, once again they're able to like, keep these character moments in with the action um, it's fun it's ridiculous and it's uh, I gotta hand it to Claremont here we're not I mean, there is a lot of dialogue going on, but it it's not... I don't feel like it necessarily stops the story from moving forward, like it sometimes no, it can. Like when people say, like, classic Claremont, it feels like Claremont, when he's, like, being a bit snappy. Yes. And, like, he's flowing really well. Like, he's, he's, he's just into... Like, maybe he, this is where he wanted to get to, and the last couple of issues were just sort of filler. Yeah. And now maybe... maybe at the time, we'd have to have a look, but maybe at the time the other books were in a crossover or something or some big things were happening in the other books and I was like, right, I'm going to divert this my crazy side of me and just start this insane journey mm-hmm. characters. You know what I really so, yeah. like about this is it's like, as you said, this is classic Claremont where he's able to have like character moments and action and move the plot forward like all in the same issue. Yes. Um, it's it's what you love about his his uncanny run for you know a large portion of it, and which is starting to jump back to uncanny, but but completely missing from uncanny um, <laughs> at the moment. It's just action for action's sake, but uh, yeah, this is like a gorgeous issue. And um, is is Alan Davis on for the whole uh, timekeeper? He's definitely. Yeah, I think he's there for the whole thing. Wonderful. Well, we'll have some great issues for this year then. Uh, for sure. Any any Excellent. any last comments on this issue, Dan? Um, if if you if you haven't read anything, if you listen to us and still haven't read any Excalibur, now is the time to jump on. Um, really is like it's quite. To be fair, um, it's crazy, but I feel like this issue can be kind of new new reader friendly. Oh, for sure. It is a complete, the complete um, um, clean clean slate almost of what was happened before. So I feel like um, if you're gonna jo- if you're gonna join us in reading, now is the time to read because it's it's perfect Excalibur mm-hmm. um, from you know what I mean. It just it just it, this is this issue is just what everything I've always loved about 
they celebrate is. So, Agreed. there you go. All right. Well, that was Excalibur number 12. And we're going to jump into our last book, which is Exiles number 11. Yes. Exiles number 11, the penultimate issue of this newest uh, Exiles series. So uh, who do we have on for creatives on this book, Dan? Um, the storytellers are Saladin Ahmed and Javier Rodriguez. Um, Alvaro Lopez is our inker. Uh, Munza Vicente is our colorist. Feces Joe Carmania is our letterer. And David Nakayama is the cover artist. We have David Marquez and Matthew Wilson on the recap page, mm-hmm. which is just literally a picture of the original, um, the very first mm-hmm. issues. And that's the thing. We haven't actually said on the show, have we, that it was announced that Excalibur Excalibur Exiles is, is is going to be cancelled after issue twelve. Yeah, I mean, I talked about it with Jason a little bit on on his podcast, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think as Ahmed said, this 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 uh, series was running on borrowed time from from the start, and just getting twelve issues is almost a miracle. Uh, so it's 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 a shame. Uh, I think we're both really sad. Uh, not mm. not just in terms of storytelling, but artwork. This has been maybe the best looking consistently best book of 2018 uh with, with yeah. both outside of one issue which had a fill-in artist both art teams have been just amazing on this book yep yeah. it is gonna be a shame um it's sad to think that like the creatives already knew it was as they were starting it they knew it wasn't <laughs> yeah with all the change all the changes behind the scenes at marvel i suppose mm. recently but anyway, we have what we have. Yep, and, and what we it's, have is... it's been amazing. And on the yeah. front cover, well, I've I've been loving these Nakayama covers. They've been gorgeous. Um, and here we have uh, Khan uh, with the sort of the classic. Uh, I'm hunting X Men, and these have been erased, and there's only you know a few left. Uh, but this time it's on like an iPad. Um, what do you what do you think of this cover? I love Grizzled Khan. I think she looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could have just been her and not the pad, and I'd have been still just as happy. Uh, the pad doesn't do much other than I'm hunting them. Right. But it, it doesn't really add anything. It, set, it sets the stage a little bit. Yeah, it does. I just think it'd be nice to just have her as the um, full, full mm-hmm. image. Mm-hmm. I do really like how the characters are drawn on the pad, though. Yes, I do like how the characters are drawn. Especially Morph and yeah. uh, Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely adore the colour work of Khan's hair. Mm-hmm. I generally just... I know that sounds weird that hair is a great thing, but hair is really hard to get right. Yeah. Um, and it's just done so well. For sure. And like the, the, just, just the sheer attention to detail on like the gun with the rust mm-hmm. and the scratch marks. But anyway, yes, I could get lost in that cover for ages. Yeah, honest. for sure. <laughs> Yeah. So last time uh, we had uh, sort of this other Exiles team show up, a la uh, the other Exiles book we're reading, and they're very much the, uh, the the destructive force that Weapon X is in the old Exiles book. Um, and they're confronting our Exiles and like, hey, we got to take you in. And this new team is Khan. We've got uh, uh, a, a Weapon X sort of X twenty three sort of character we've got a captain america kind of character we've got a basically an analog for all the members of our our 
Exiles team here. And uh, they're squaring off. And I, I do like that even with this new team, they're sort of all drawn in, in unique styles. Like X2 thirds has like an anime style to her. And uh, the yeah. Thor character looks, it feels like older and scratchier as well. Like a classic. Yeah. Or hers. Um, so yes. Yeah. You want to take the take the lead here, Dan, for a minute? Yeah. Um, so basically, as we have this beautiful first page um, of the two teams uh, squaring off, um, not not just what I've what I've always loved about the art team is the, the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm enjoying about this this first book is that the the color work is different for both teams mm-hmm. so um it not just sets the stage in one way it just sets the whole tone of like good versus good versus evil and the classic stakes and then we have a little bit of banter uh, between them all <laughs> not wolvie and x20 x2 two thirds um, yes <laughs> she's gonna cook his butt um essentially and like um they all square off against each other obviously each one fighting their respective equal or mimic um and so can and blink get at it and there's just some really lovely sort of like when she's trying to fight khan and khan moves her neck out of the way mm-hmm. um and just bops her with with her embigant fist because we keep i always sometimes forget that she is literally miss marvel right um she doesn't use her powers a, all that much yeah yeah she's not just a gun turning um maniac um well she was never a maniac she's just a woman with a purpose and like the the punch with the yellow where blink goes yellow when she's hit it's just mm-hmm. a really lovely colored panel yeah and then we we um switch to valkyrie versus versus skeleton four um who doesn't speak which i make i think is a great sort of yeah because valkyrie's very concerned about what's happened to him <laughs> And because she's because of that concern, she's not really fighting uh, full capacity. And we have some really lovely panels. I love the way they've coloured and drawn the hammer, where it's all scratchy mm-hmm. and broken. And the panel where he uh, lightnings her, which I can't. How, is it Grack a fool? It's Crack a thumb. It's, it's the classic Thor sound effect, which is wonderful here. It just looks great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, just so our exiles aren't doing very well, and then we find out that the um, uh, T'Challa is fighting his sister because um, she's basically she looks kind of like a pirate. Does does that make sense? Looks to you? like a what? She's ki- a pirate. She's got like a pirate esque, like her um, costume. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Um, she's like um, well, she's Killmonger, mm-hmm. obviously in this universe. And she's um, already killed everyone else um, in her universe. And um, she's just going to kill Artichala. And um, Cap used a different super soldier formula, which kind of made him more like the Incredible Hulk. Um, or Mr. Hyde. Yeah. If, he feels if very much like, like Bizarro, kind of. Yeah. And um, we have Cap and B- um, Bucky trying to fight her. Or Becky uh, trying to fight him and none of it's going well um and then we have a little movie which asks oh he's so adorable i know i love it's crazy that in in 
sort of regular continuity, Logan is is said to be the father of Laura, but here it's it's like the reverse. Uh, yeah, you almost, might... yeah. <laughs> I think my big sister. I always wanted a big sister. And um, yeah, so X two thirds um, slashes him and gut punches him and really goes to tell him and calls him pathetic, um, mm-hmm. which is quite sad. But the pan- all of these panels, everything I'm describing is just so beautifully rendered. Like the action is just pitch perfect. The color work is different for every single fight. Mm-hmm. It just it, it keeps the flow going. Um, and obviously it's Kang, it's Kang versus Kang. Um, Essentially, and we find out it's like it's always a Richards, like we've always said. Yeah, yeah, always a Richards. <laughs> it's Nathaniel Richards in the other can costume, and Iron Lad's like, yeah, okay, uh, we'll have to try and fight this guy, but nothing's working, and the, the exiles are, are done and dusted on this really nice panel of them all laying laid out on the floor. I love um, that uh, that Kang Richards is like, but I joined the other Kang, and now I'm evil, and also I have this really awesome mustache. Yes, it's the worst mustache. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that panel of everyone laid out, sort of uh, unconscious, is. But I like that. Um, wow. I do. I do really like that panel, and I love the fact when Cap's like, uh, "Commander, if you're awake, this would be a good time <laughs> to do your thing," and she blinks them. You know, it takes her some effort, but blink, blink, blinks them away. Um, Back to her Earth, essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, Black Panther wakes up, wakes him up, wakes him up with some sort of Wakandian smelling salts, I imagine. And obviously they were talking about they talk about who they just fought and little Wolby's like they're bad they were bad guy exiles. Yeah. And the most happy <laughs> um, I'm gonna miss Little Wolby yeah. so much. Uh, spoilers, uh, they're spoilers. Sort of to derail the, the conversation over a little bit, Jason tweeted out his, uh, and, and his podcast came out as well, for his uh, Wolvie Awards. And he nominated uh, Ahmed for one of the best uh, Wolvie writers for last year because of, of Little Wolvie. So that was that was a nice sort of tribute. Well, he wins, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other, all the other Wolverines, aside from Laura... Uh... We're not the best. Um, <laughs> so they're talking strategy and why they've come to this world. And um, then obviously um, Cap's like, well, Khan knows you, so she'd know who to, who you, how to exploit you. And that instantly makes Blink jump to her auntie that we've seen before previously. Um, and so they Blink to her auntie's house where Khan's already got her. And I really like this this page of the Twisted Exiles, and um, it's a great looking lineup, yeah. right? Yeah, it just looks great. It's just like it's so weird. I totally watch watch. I totally watch a cartoon with these exiles. Yeah, um, I totally read a book with these crazy weird kids, and um, they have like a conversation. And obviously, um, Blink's trying to reason with Khan, and Khan's got a you know. If she does, we find out it's the Watchers, the evil Watchers. That of course. The it's always the evil Watchers. And Khan's been promised her family back um, if she succeeds. And they've all sort of been promised something um, if they stop these exiles. So it makes sort of sense. But as Khan's trying to reason with them, we have Cap, um, or Hulk Cap or whatever, 
and Kang sort of just jumped straight into the fight anyway. And again, they, they get at it, and this is when they sort of like um, blinks like they've picked these counterparts because they're personal to us. Let's switch, which was always going to happen. Yeah, it's also it's the classic like switch, switch, switch guys, and then your heroes win, which. It's yeah. it's a little and tropey, that, but I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, but it, it, it does give um, my favorite line I've heard in a long time, which is "Let us slay a thunder god." Yeah, <laughs> which coming from coming from Kit, coming from Cowboy Chala was like the best thing I have ever heard. <laughs> I was like, "That's so cool." Why is he so effortlessly cool? Yeah, <laughs> I need to shout out the the panel right before where we see Wolvie getting like kicked into the sky with stars uh, <laughs> going around his body. Yeah, and I just like it that uh, like um, X twenty three is trying to attack um, Becky, and she just dead, knocks her aside. And um, I love the sequence where he like Iron Lad's like he's a strong one, and um, they're talking about like how could we kill him, and it's all about fusing like the vibranium bullets with repulsive energy, and then one perfect shot where. Um, T'Challa shoots his bullet straight through the eye, which is in a sequence of awesome panels within the word blam. Yeah. Just a fantastically creative way, what, which we come to expect from this create, this this art team. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a feeling like uh, I, I spoke with um, some of the, the creatives on Twitter a little bit, and they were like, well, there's no hardcover coming out, uh, nothing scheduled, but th- this will be in trades. And I have a feeling when I get the trades and like page through this again in like a year, I'll be like, "Oh my god, this is this is amazing! How did this ever happen in real life? How did we ever get this book? Because this artwork is going to stand out for like a long time. People, yeah, like people slept on this series, and it unfortunately isn't getting the praise it deserves. Um, and you know, outside of a few other books, nothing is coming close art wise. So looking at this thing in like a year's time and we have the the collections out, it's gonna be like, Wow, how did this how did this ever happen? Uh it's gonna blow my mind for a second time, you know. I know, it's just such a beautiful thing. Like the the attention to detail is just insane and just mm-hmm. the the little things like skeleton four falling apart the way he does, with everything just shattering and him just falling into the sand. It's just and like the smug look on T'Challa's face, like the satisfied look oh, on yeah. his face. <laughs> that panel when it's just like a hole in Thor's head um, in the foreground and the other two are just like, yay, we won. Um, but I think that's my favorite sequence in, in the whole issue. It's a great is sequence. them taking down Thor. Yeah. It's such a great, like the blam thing is just awesome. And so we have... Um, Valkyrie essentially slaying, slaying two at once, <laughs> basically. I love um, she, she pulls this awesome, almost like wrestling move, where she takes both uh, Kang and, I don't know, Bizarro Cap uh, by, you know, one in each arm, and slams one and then slams the other on top of the first. It's almost like a WWE like wrestling move. It's, it's so wonderful. I'm going to miss Valkyrie. This Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's almost exactly what I tweeted out on our, our Twitter account, like how much I'm going to miss her. <laughs> I just love the fact, like, her, her dialogue is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. It really is. Um, it just, I, sorry, I'm, just, I'm getting lost reading in reading it again. Um, <laughs> what a, that's, uh, a good, that's a good compliment to a book. 
Yes, and I, I do like like the little character moment where even when the the bizarre Steve is um, crunched against the rocks, um, Cap is still like Steve, and then Becky's like, "Snap out of it, help me!" Yeah. <laughs> and then Cap basically takes down two and one using the shield to um, ricochet a blast from uh, Killmonger into X two thirds. And then Killmonger's all like, I'm awesome. And then she just gets the shield. Classic cap, where the shield just knocks him out straight away. And then yeah. she just... The panel of her um, getting the wrong answer, I'm afraid, is literally a, almost gift-worthy. Um, yes, it is. It definitely on is. On everything. An answer to everyone, um, essentially. And, um, yeah, it's, again, beautiful. And then it comes down to Little Wolvie, Blink, and Khan, and... As always, it will be um, the moral compass of everything and everyone mm-hmm. um, shows shows you that shows people that you know love and hope is the way forward, and that what she's doing is a bad thing, and that her daughters wouldn't be happy with what she's doing anyway, which take which just takes the fight out of um, Khan immediately, mm-hmm. and um, she's like, oh well. <laughs> and then we have this amazing panel of Khan's exiles being teleported away. Yeah, this this one page uh, broken down into the panels. Yeah, uh, we've seen we've seen this a number of times in this book, but it still blows my mind how I never would have thought to lay out a book in the way that they laid this book out. It's it's crazy. And the fact it sort of semi forms an X is a nice little touch. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that it just. It just, it just makes sense. And, like, it's not just... We don't see, like, the full body parts, either teleported, it's just, like, a hand or a skull. Yeah. And then then we have, like, Alexander's um, declaring sort of war on the Watchers with this really lovely panel where they're looking up at the moon. And it's like, let's go sell this. And we yeah. have our awesome team. A team that should totally have another 20 issues in them. But... Uh, Unfortunately, yeah. it won't, yeah. We're not allowed it. So yes, um, wow. Yeah, wow is right. Because um, sometimes with uh, big dumb fight issues, uh, they can be big dumb and stupid and not work. And then you get an issue like this where it's so well thought out, even though it has the trope of sw- switching partners, it does it in such a way where it's just fun. And they manage to execute all the little plot moments in such a beautiful way. I just, can't, I just can't get over the artwork. It's just absolutely stunning. Right. It really is. No, it is. And it's once again, Abin knows when to like jump in with dialogue when it's necessary uh, within the action or within just them standing around talking and when not, when to let the, the artwork do the storytelling. Um, and I know we've said it a million times, but just the unity of, of all the creatives on this book, knowing what they're doing, and like being in sync is is has made this maybe the standout book of 2018. Uh, I mean, there are other books that were amazing last year. I think Cap doesn't get enough. Captain America doesn't get enough uh, love. Obviously, Batman has been consistently really good, uh, but just the audacity of this book with everything they do and to pull it off just about every time. Uh, it's almost like to, to use a very baseball uh, analogy, but to sort of call your shot, to call your home run. 
like this next pitch, I'm going to hit a home run. And to do that like nine out of ten times has been maybe the, the biggest accomplishment of 2018 in terms of comic book storytelling. And to, to think that it it managed to succeed in a, a place which clearly had it had a t- ticking time bomb mm-hmm. of on it. any other a lot of books sort of um, fall down on on the sword of cancellation when yeah. they find out. Yeah. Um, whereas this has managed to keep the work strong and tell its story, and hopefully we will get a very satisfying conclusion. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I mean, uh, obviously, it. We, we were sort of wondering during that one fill-in issue, like, why is this issue happening? Are they sort of repositioning things? And it's it's pretty obvious that they were using that issue to re, re, reposition for the end game here. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, afterward, this book has been amazing. I, um, you know, you know, it's it's sort of. Uh, obviously not coincidental, but the two best books from Marvel ex- last year were both audacious and bombastic and heartfelt and kind of said something. Uh, those are the two books that are canceled. Uh, uh, Red is canceled after 11 issues and Exiles is canceled after 12. But if you're going to talk about what were the standout comic series from 2018, I mean, X-Men Red and Exiles for sure. Yes, well, they obviously don't fit into the new regime's um, ideas. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a new new Exiles book. Probably not. Probably. Maybe in 20 years, but... Yeah, I mean, I mean, we could go on and on about this book forever, but if we're going to rate this, I'm going to give this 5 out of 5. This is, I mean, I don't know if we've had a better yeah. issue. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's at the top. Um, it just really is. It just such a good idea, so well ex- executed. It's mm-hmm. insane how well executed it is. Yeah. So um, obviously, next issue we'll be wrapping up the series, and uh, our next our next episode we're going to talk about classic Excalibur and classic classic Exiles, um, as well. Um, if if a new Excalibur series comes up, then I think it goes without saying that we'll probably review it. Um, but uh, I think it's time to talk about a few other things. Uh, number one, you know, Saladin uh, Ahmed has moved on to a new book, Miles Morales, which if you haven't been reading, you really should because once again, this guy gets the best artist on his books and follows through in, in gorgeous and like heartfelt ways. Uh, Miles has been, even though it's only two issues, uh, has been really amazing, especially issue number two. I thought the artwork was just... Just gorgeous. And he's taking over Miss Marvel mm-hmm. as G. Will, G. Will Wilson uh, leaves and um, he takes over when it gets relaunched as a new issue one, I think, with him as Yeah, head. I think they're calling it the, the oh, not Marvelous Miss Marvel, it's it's like the there's something M, I don't remember. Uh, it's a slightly changed title, but uh, yeah. yep, he'll be taking over that. Um, and also... We mentioned Red a little bit here, but uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man came out last week, which was also gorgeous and amazing. And I just love that even though our Xbox might be experiencing a bit of a, a downturn here, the, the Spider-Books have decided to 
like snatch up these wonderful creators and give them uh, a chance. So if you loved anything that uh, Ahmed did here in Exiles, uh, please pick up Miles. And if you liked X- X-Men Red, please pick up Friendly Neighborhood because those books are, are stand-up books. Yep, I agree. Definitely agree. So uh, we could move forward with just reviewing old books, um, which... I mean, I'm going to keep, we're going to keep reviewing Excalibur and, and Exiles till the end, no matter what. But, um, you know, we have other, other loves that we have as well. So uh, I think I'd like to announce that uh, once Exiles finishes, unless we get a new Excalibur book right away, that uh, Dan and I are going to start to read uh, Generation X as well. Ooh! Yeah. Yay! So we haven't decided if we're going to do any of the uh, Flanks Covenant beforehand uh, or not. I don't know if... You, you know the way that we did the, uh, the Sword is Drawn for Excalibur? Uh, it yeah. might be worth sort of going through parts of the Flanks Covenant to introduce sort of the new characters and the team. Um, or not. I mean, we need to decide on the details, but uh, we I think we're going to be moving forward with covering Gen X. Oh, Gen X, the other book. The other book, as I always call it. The other one that was like a massive favorite growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also very an odd book. <laughs> a strange yeah. book with some new I, interesting I, I characters. Only like, I, only, I only like the weird ones. Yeah. The other, the other. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care for any of the other X books. Only the weird ones. Um, Clearly. So even though it won't go with our name uh, very well, it fits in thematically with uh, with its characters and its storylines. So that'll be fun as well. Uh, and we'll let you everyone know before we, we jump into it uh, exactly when and where we'll be jumping in. But uh, that that looks to be coming in on the horizon as well. All right. Exciting times ahead. Yeah. Um, so that's it for our January episode. Um, I have a feeling we might... Probably our, our final uh, sort of Exiles uh, issue will come out end of this month, I'm assuming, uh, or maybe yeah. really early February. But uh, we'll probably have another episode out fairly quickly, and we'll we'll be on Jason's podcast probably next week or the week after as well to sort of wrap up this uncanny craziness. Uh, thank I had goodness. To take, I had to take a break. I couldn't talk about uncanny anymore. I had to physically take a break from the last one. <laughs> I uh, yeah I don't read those until I absolutely have to read them uh, anymore. It's been it's been a shame. It could get better. It could, could get better. Yep, but uh, you know we're not here to really focus on that. Uh, so we'll we'll be back with uh, three more issues uh, next episode. Uh, Dan, where where can everyone find us? You can find us on Twitter, which is probably the best place to find us, at Excaliburs1. But if you type in Excaliburs now into Google, you will literally see all our other stuff. So SoundCloud1, um, not SoundCloud, um, iTunes1, iTunes1, Stitcher. We're basically on everything that you can listen to. Um, and you just type in sound, uh, SoundCloud. I'm getting totally confused. I have my only job. <laughs> I, my only job, and I've ruined it. But if you just type in Excaliburs, you will find us on all the um, relevant um, music providers, audio providers, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I don't think one audible, but that's just for like books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless no, Dan. What what we'll do is 
I'm going to go back and listen to all of our episodes and then write out transcripts and publish that as a book. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll like edit all of our episodes together into like an audio book as well so that we can be on Audible. Great idea. The only way to, the only way to make money. Um, <laughs> but no, um, yeah, if, if you, if you just use Excalibur as one on Twitter, that's where you'll find, find us and you can interact with us through that. Exactly. So, uh, Dan, thanks so much. Uh, great talking books uh, with you. Is there anything else you want to plug here at the end? No, aside from just go listen to Jason's podcast at Snickcast. But um, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been nice to talk about some awesome books. And it'll be interesting to see how it all comes down in the next issue, the next, the next issue, the next episode when we talk about the end of Exiles. Exactly. Uh, so yes. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.